to an episode of Seaside Naturalist, part of Save Coastal Wildlife, the podcast, and dedicated to giving people a closer look at the biodiversity along the Jersey Shore. More information about Save Coastal Wildlife nonprofit and our work can be found at savecoastalwildlife.org. Lovers, this is Joe Reynolds, the director of Save Coastal Wildlife Nonprofit, and known by my closest friends as the Seaside Naturalist. On this episode of Save Coastal Wildlife, the podcast, we're taking a closer look at one of the most magical times of the year. It's the season of spring. And of course, spring along the Jersey Shore, because let's face it, this is where Safe Coastal Wildlife is located. Did you know the spring season gets its name from the verb spring? Now, that might seem obvious. It's a hint to all the life bursting up or to the flowers and plants springing up, springing open, and bursting into blossom. But the word itself derives from the old English word spring and, which means to leap, burst forth, fly up, spread, and grow. Well, it's a few days before St. Patrick's Day as we record this podcast, and it's sunny and it's 70 degrees here in Keyport, New Jersey, located besides Raritan Bay. People outside, mostly men and boys, are wearing shorts, but everyone seems friendlier and nicer compared to just a few days ago when temperatures were in the 30s with gusty north winds. And while it might not be spring quite yet, it sure feels like spring today. The spring season is probably the best season to be outdoors and truly enjoy all the biodiversity at the Jersey Shore or any really coastline in the Northeast and Mid-Atlantic has to offer. It's a time when a person casually taking a stroll along a beach can see a bufflehead and a red-breasted merganser and a harbor seal and a humpback whale, all foraging at the same time for food in the ocean, while also seeing a single osprey or perhaps a large flock of northern gannets, sometimes up to a thousand birds, diving in the water for fish. Perhaps the fish of choice is Menhaden or Bunker, but also perhaps they're taking advantage of the spawning runs of alewife and blueback herring as they also enter an estuary to lay eggs upstream. A little farther inland, you might hear downy and hairy woodpeckers making nest cavities in nearby trees while you're watching for the first of the hummingbirds to arrive from tropical areas and also seeing pussy willows beginning to blossom. And this is only within a small portion of one day in April. It's an amazing time. Certainly spring is, it's a magical time along the Jersey Shore. All around there's an eruption of life and not just from the typical signs of spring that most people identify with, such as robins or flowering crocuses or daffodils. All this spring of life, it's prompted by rising temperatures and increasing daylight. The land, the skies, the waters, all along the Jersey Shore singing and stirring night and day with life and bursting with color. But where does spring get all of its magic? Well, it actually begins farther inland along the Jersey Shore. The wetlands, that's where it begins. Come on, I'll show you. As winter ends, both the freshwater and tidal wetlands prepare themselves for warm weather residents. It begins with increasing daylight starting in February and the rising angle of the sun. Over the course of February along the Jersey Shore, the length of the day is rapidly increasing. From February 1st, with just 10 hours and 8 minutes of daylight, 
to February 28th, the end of the month, with 11 hours and 15 minutes of daylight. That means in just one month, we gained one hour and seven minutes of daylight. Well, all this daylight, all this increasing daylight doesn't go unnoticed by Mother Nature. This means wetland soils with more sunlight can warm up and become muddy from spring rains and melting snow. The runoff discharges nutrients and microscopic food into streams, creeks, and, and eventually into an estuary. Now what's an estuary? Well, this is a body of water with both fresh water from land and salt water from the ocean mixed from daily tidal action. High tides and low tides mix and mingle food from land and food from the ocean to create a rich, brackish waters in places like Barnegat Bay, Sandy Hook Bay, Raritan Bay, or Delaware Bay. Any place where there's tidal action, that's an estuary. All these nutrients entering our estuary and our tidal waters creates vast plankton populations, which feeds small fish and small invertebrates, which feeds larger fish and larger invertebrates, which feed ospreys and seabirds, as well as whales, dolphins, terns, herons, and other coastal life. Some of the first signs of spring along the Jersey Shore are the arrival of both ospreys and piping plovers. Both birds have migrated long distances from tropical areas to raise a family right alongside the water. Not far behind, migrating blue herons, black-crowned night herons, and egrets begin arriving to long-established rookeries near the water to raise the next generation of wading birds. But the action doesn't all take place with birds. As bay or estuarine waters begin to warm, there are juvenile American eels entering our tidal waters or estuarine waters like Sandy Hook Bay, Barnegat Bay, and the mouth of the Mullica River. Eventually, they're gonna swim farther upstream. But this is all part of an amazing life history. Last fall, many adult eels left the Jersey Shore and all over North Atlantic uh, waters to migrate massive distances to spawn in the Saragossa Sea which is a strange body of water located in the Atlantic Ocean and situated within the mythical Bermuda Triangle. Unlike all other regions called seas, it has no land boundaries, but it's bounded by four large circulating ocean currents in the central Atlantic Ocean. This is the only place in the world where these eels reproduce. Juvenile American eels entering our waters in the spring will remain near the ocean for a period of five to 20 years eventually begin their journey back to the Saragossa Sea to spawn and die just like their parents did. Come April, the first of the migrating shorebirds begin to arrive. At the same time, ospreys begin nesting and piping plovers begin courting and setting up nesting territories. Buffleheads, a small sea duck, starts to head north to breeding areas in Canada and the Arctic. In estuary or brackish waters, blue claw crabs begin to mate in the lower parts of the estuary. Afterwards, a female will migrate to higher salinity waters near the Atlantic Ocean. But the female blue crab will not be alone. She will share this amazing journey with all other fertilized female blue crabs, while adult males and immature females will remain in the lower salinity waters in the estuary. This seaward migration of pregnant females results in large concentrations of fertilized females that will all release their eggs around the same time. Spring mating, this results in a late summer spawning, while fall mating will result in an early summer spawn the following year. All the eggs will then scatter in the ocean and will eventually 
all the young are going to wind up in different estuarine waters around New York and New Jersey and perhaps even farther places in the Atlantic Ocean. Come May, piping plovers and osprey begins hatching. Their eggs begin hatching. While least terns begin nesting. Beach roses, beach bee, violets, red buds, locust trees, and shadbush all in bloom. Why red maple seeds are beginning to ripen almost exactly at the same time when many birds are moving away from eating seeds to seeking protein-rich insects. Down along our bay beaches, sanderlings, ruddy turnstones, and red knots start to arrive to feed on their way north to nest and raise a family in northern Canada. At exactly the same time as the migratory shorebirds arrive to the Jersey Shore, horseshoe crabs start to mate on full moon and new moon evenings to release their protein-rich eggs. The connection between horseshoe crabs and migratory shorebirds is a long one, most likely dating back at least thousands of years, if not millions of years. Countless tired and hungry shorebirds made their way to Delaware Bay, but also Barnegat Bay, Sandy Hook Bay, and Raritan Bay to make a rest stop as their journey north to nest in the Arctic. For many species of shorebirds, the meal of choice is horseshoe crab eggs, of course. It's packed full of protein and fatty acids. They are a critically important food source for shorebirds to build up their energy reserves quickly. Hungry shorebirds, like the federally threatened red knot, will gorge on the horseshoe crab eggs and double their body weight in about two weeks, improving their physical condition and the ability to continue their journey northward. Once their stomachs are full and bodies rested, these birds will reserve, resume their long-winged journey north to begin nesting in northern Canada. Now, astronomically speaking, spring arrives around March 20th every year. It's the vernal equinox when the sun crosses the celestial equator heading north for the summer. But the question is, is spring coming earlier to the Jersey Shore? Well, due to glo uh, global climate change, average temperatures in New Jersey have increased since the 1970s. In fact, New Jersey's average temperature has warmed faster than any other state in the last 100 years. It's based on data released in 2021 by the National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration, which includes the National Weather Service. New Jersey's temperature since 1895 has increased by 3.5 degrees Fahrenheit. The data shows that summers in New Jersey are becoming hotter, winters not as cold, and springs and falls are getting generally warmer. There is no doubt that summers are getting muggier as the dew point temperature rises. All this means that the arrival of ospreys and piping plovers are coming earlier. Sights of both birds used to occur late in March, but now the birds are often seen earlier in the month. Ecologists are worried about the loss of cold water habitats and the disruption of complex, long-standing time-feeding relationships, for example, between migrating birds and the insects they eat to provide nourishment to baby birds. According to the Jersey Department of Environmental Protection, around 29% of New Jersey's bird species are vulnerable to climate change. The effects of global climate change could ripple through the Jersey Shore food chains and food webs, endangering not only the plants and animals involved, but other unseen species that depend on them, including us, people. In the next 50 to 60 years, when global warming crosses the 2 degrees Celsius threshold, New Jersey's average summer and winter temperatures will likely increase by over 6 degrees Fahrenheit. All this change will no doubt bring changes to the magic of spring along the Jersey Shore. Some things will take place sooner, and other things will take place later. And some events might not take place at all. 
One way, one way to keep track of all this change is to keep notes of observations you see every spring to measure changes over your lifetime and perhaps the lifetime of your children and grandchildren. This could include the first sight of an osprey or piping plover or other migrating birds, the last day when low temperatures dip below freezing, the final snowstorm or any other natural event. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to our ever-warming world that the human species has created and a brave new world of spring along the Jersey Shore. You have been listening to Save Coastal Wildlife, the podcast. More information about Save Coastal Wildlife and our citizen scientists and volunteer activities, including monitoring horseshoe crabs and seals to beach cleanups and monitoring the beach for microplastics can be found at our website, www.savecoastalwildlife.org. If you enjoyed the show, please like and subscribe to the podcast. Also, please share the podcast on social media and tell your family and friends about it. If you would like to support Save Coastal Wildlife, please go to our website and click on the donate button at savecoastalwildlife.org. Thank you for your support. We depend on the kindness and generosity of people for everything we do. Join us next time for another episode of Save Coastal Wildlife, the podcast. Goodbye.